0: Knowing Reality, Finding Peace. Journalist Sarah Mann speaks with Jonathan Harrison, the non-dual Buddhist psychology and meditation teacher and author of the book, Ending Stress. We are on to quite an interesting subject, which I think is praise and criticism.
1: Mm.
0: How we react to them, uh, if they're important to us. And it, I guess about it really control, comes this idea that, you know, accepting that we can't control everything in life. And as you, you put it in your book, Ending Stress, it's it's a chapter called Mental Immunity. Yes, Can, yes. You, can you explain a bit more what you mean by that?
1: Yeah, apparently there's a famous quotation from the Buddha who said that just as the winds and the rain don't very much affect a mountain, so that praise and blame don't really affect a wise person. So let me explain the mechanism. I am not what I think I am. What I think I am is what psychologists call a self-image. It's how I think about myself, but I'm not that. I don't know what I am, but I'm not what I think. What I think is probably conditioned by my childhood and the kind of responses I got and you know I have a certain image of myself but I just ask my wife and ask my children my grandchildren. I'm not uh, I'm all sorts of things but I'm not it's clearly I'm, tha- I'm not that I'm also not what you think or what somebody else thinks that's also an opinion it's conditioned by your past so it's for example it's very subjective you're yeah. saying it's so a subjective example, reality it may be you had an uncle who had uh, glasses similar to mine and he was really a bastard. And you <laughs> and you just look at me and you can't stand the look at me and you don't know why.
0: Right. I'm already or, reacting or, or, to you as or, if you were my uncle. Well, a kind of a transparent. Yeah, yeah.
1: Or you maybe, you know, uh, you had a, a um, you had a friend who wore this kind of color of shirt and she was a really good person. And, and subconsciously, you just see me and you sort of feel comfortable. It right. has nothing to do with me in either case. So I'm not what I think I am. I maybe don't know who I am, but I'm not that. I'm also not what you think. And if I get 10,000 people, including some experts in people and psychologists, I'm not what any of them think. But I am what I am, right. whatever that is. But it doesn't have a name.
0: So what I'm interested in so is praise I, and blame. Let's exactly. getting back so to that, because these are big I issues don't, for if us. I,
1: if I, for example, uh, feel self-criticism, I don't like myself, which is maybe the hardest form of criticism. It's not that I don't like myself, it's that I don't like who I think I am. Once I realize that, then I don't know who I am, so I don't know whether to praise or blame myself.
0: What about when other people praise and blame us? I mean, it's very easy in life. I feel, well, I mean, some people actually find it hard to take praise and right. compliments, but, but in general, we feel quite good when somebody it's praises us. It's says, a, good job, you know, well done.
1: Yeah, that's a mistake. Why? If you praise me, it comes out of your conditioning. You obviously like something about what I've done, and that comes out of your conditioning. Um, am
0: I not allowed to tell you if I think you've done something well? Sure,
1: but it's a good idea if I realize that anything you say, whether you like it and whether I like it or not, reflects the kind of person, your personality, and your likes and your dislikes and your background, your conditioning. It's, it's how it is. That's how we are. That's, that's the nature of human beings. Which means that if I see that, that any opinion you express about me, positive, negative, or neutral reflects the kind of person you are and that's the end of it. It doesn't have anything to do with me. So then what I think of me or you has nothing to do with you or me. And what you think about him is also it reflects our condition. At this point of at this point, I'm talking practical level, once you realize this at a deep level, then you just find I'm talking from my own experience, you find that what people say to you or about you is less important. Eventually it becomes unimportant.
0: Okay, so that's a good point I want to pick up on let's let's go over to blame which I think is much more of a touchy subject you know in, in general people take praise easier than blame mm. so if somebody comes to me and says sarah i think you did a very unprofessional job you know in in something i asked you to do yesterday and you know perhaps i feel unfairly accused i feel the 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 blame is legitimate or it's not legitimate i'm embarrassed you know i'm i'm angry you know What what do I do?
1: Well, for me, praise and blame are more or less equally dangerous because if I'm blamed, obviously, uh, I may react and I don't like it. If I'm praised, then I can very easily become dependent on that and then I'm anxious that the praise will go away. You might change your opinion. So either way, I'm in mental danger. So um, blame, for example, or praise, both are based on a misunderstanding, a very, very deep misunderstanding, which is, you mentioned it actually, control. Right. Once I realize that control is an illusion, it's only a philosophical concept. Then, in the real world, things simply affect each other, and I can't find a single point of control. Then, but we
0: seem to have this big thing in the real world about keeping things under control. Well, we
1: talk that way, right? But in practice, I think that, that comes out of this sort of primal anxiety that things are never under control. Absolutely,
0: because we, th- once that's I fact, rea- Once that's I, fact, I realize the fact, we can't control everything well, in the world.
1: Once I realize it, I can't find any point of control because any point I find is also influenced by other things. So everything seems to be influenced by other things. So everything influences and everything's influenced. From that point of view, there's just a sort of huge fabric of stuff going on, influencing each other, and I can't find a point of control. In this state, I can't find anything or anybody to praise or to blame because I don't know who's doing it. This is a place I find very, very relaxing. You simply watch what's happening, Uh, and that's it.
0: So I want to go to something I... I read in your book which I think is in- interesting you you're differentiating between small irritations and big crises but let's start with the small irritations because they're the things that are apt to bother us I think more in daily life you give some good examples you know i've lost my keys that can be really annoying um someone stole my parking space an an an, an ongoing problem in tel aviv by the way um your your child for instance yells at you you know when you ask them to do their homework or go to bed um, or a, v- a very good example happened to me the other day. you make a cake and it, it doesn't rise, or in my case, it was all slimy on the bottom, you know and, and and it's this no, irritation. That's, that's, a,
1: that's, a really pro- that's a real a, problem. That was a
0: real problem. <laughs> I mean, you know, my friend's kids ate it. But <laughs> to give you an example, the husband said when he came in, there's slime on the bottom of this. <laughs> I haven't put enough flour in. And I was really upset. You I know, know that. it's like, can't you just, you know, couldn't you have just praised me anyway? Yeah. You know, why couldn't I accept that? You know, why was I so irritated? I mean, I, I know I see some people getting in a terrible state when they lose their keys, yes. which is on a daily basis. Yeah. Now, how do we deal with this?
1: Well, I don't know. How do you deal with it?
0: Well, I keep my keys in the same place.
1: Well, they are. You see. You know, but I. So, what are you asking me?
0: Yeah, because I'm talking about all these people I see who are completely chaotic. Mm. They come into their home and they put things down and they can never find anything. And you go into their study and it looks like the the Israeli army just went through it on a search and destroy mission. <laughs> you know. So I said, how do you deal with someone like that oh when I they I say, you know, this is really irritating me, Jonathan. I keep yeah. losing my keys.
1: It's important to remember the irritation is is a a psychosomatic, a mental, physical reaction. Right. So irritation is always in me. I once went to my teacher um, in uh, one of these uh, retreats that we did in uh, in the Alps and uh, in a break, and I saw he was sort of busy, and I said, uh, Peter, Peter um, I may disturb you. He said to me, I won't forget it, he said, you couldn't disturb me even if you tried. I was really insulted. <laughs> and it <laughs> took me a long time afterwards to realize that this was a great thing that he'd given me, Yes. He meant it mechanically. He meant that I can do whatever I like, but, but if there's a disturbance, it's in his mind. I, I it's not that the mean, there's no meaning to the sentence. I disturb him. I do what I do, and he's either disturbed or not. Right. And he was actually but teaching me at that moment. He was simply pointing almost. out very accurately what was really going on. So if I realize the disturbance is simply, um, you know, hormonal, electrical reaction of mm-hmm. my mind or brain or whatever then, you know, the disturbance comes, sure. disturbance goes, and there's no sweat.
0: So let me ask you, you know, okay, f- forget about my cake, you know, and the keys. Let's let's go to a problem that must, must you know, g- parents tear their hair out about it every day. They have a young child, and they ask them, you know, pick up your toys. Go and get undressed and go to the shower. Um, finish your homework. You've got to go to bed in half an hour. And right. the child just turns around and says... No, <laughs> you're a parent. You must have seen this. Is that is that possible? Uh, done that, it as a, that, can as can a babysitter. Is that and, possible? And so what happens? You know, <laughs> people say this is a minor irritation, but I've seen parents, you know, yeah, you melt crazy. down over this.
1: If I get angry with the way my child's behaving. And it's easy to say because to be a young parent is maybe a, a conclusion I've reached in over the years. It's maybe the hardest job there is to be a young mother or a young father. Yeah. I'm not sure there is a harder job in the world, but having said that, if I get very angry with my son because he doesn't want to do his homework—I mean, I already would be my grandson by now—but <laughs> if he, um, if if my son, for example, didn't want to um, do his homework, he wanted to go and play football, and he was insisting on that, right. and he refused to do his homework. You know, if I, you know, uh, make a boundary and say no or whatever, and he, you know that's important as a parent, and yes. uh, to the extent possible. If I get very, very angry, then I need to look into my own background. And see where this anger is coming from because only small part if any is coming from him right my anger is coming from a fiend that he shouldn't be doing this maybe he's allowing himself something I didn't allow myself maybe even maybe but the anger is coming from me so in order to solve the problem of the anger there's no point in looking at him he's not the source of it he's in the yourself. trigger right I have to look back in I have to go to psychologist or look at myself or become aware of my own and subconscious more so it becomes more conscious and less subconscious and then I'll find very quickly, I think, usually what the real source of the anger is. And what happens as a result of that, I'm speaking from a practical, yes. from my own practical experience, you suddenly find the anger arises, but it's not connected to him.
0: And it's easier and to...
1: they say, well, you know, it's as if you might be too hot or too or cold, so you angry. maybe you can angry. make
0: a compromise and you can say, okay, but you can play football for 10 minutes and then you have to do your homework. I don't know.
1: But you'll you, you behave more rationally, you'll behave more sanely because you're looking at him and you don't see the anger as anything connected to him at all, even remotely. It's to do with me, the way I behave. So then you look at him and you're able to relate more, ish, more realistically. So the, the book I wrote, Ending Stress, is really becoming more realistic so that you'll less react to what you think and you more react to what's happening. Normally we call that sanity or responsibility.
0: So let's move on then, because I'm aware that we don't have too much time. We started with these small irritations, you know, the cake that doesn't rise, the keys that are lost, you know, the the kid that won't do their homework, to what you call the big crises, because they're all interlinked. You you give examples in your book. You lose your job. You get sick. Uh, Maybe your partner tells you they don't love you anymore, and they're leaving you. Um, Or, you know, horrible situations your child becomes an alcoholic or a drug addict yeah these things happen And what do we do then
1: well you do whatever you do you'll do according to your personality and your mental reaction at that moment what i'm suggesting is that the more you learn study with a teacher practice every day sit with like-minded friends yes so that you begin to distinguish better between what's happening and what you think then what you think will less affect you
0: so you're giving this uh, to, to make it practical, you're giving this, you know, this this group in, in Jerusalem. What yeah. if somebody got up and said, you know, I'm in this desperate state, my 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 husband told me he doesn't love me anymore. Yeah, those He's things happen. Some, I'm sure they do. There are dramatic things and, sometimes and that's happen. it that's it. But you know, let's yeah. face it, this is daily life. Yeah. W- w- what what happens then in these groups?
1: I don't know. If it happens I'll like you know, ask me next week and I'll tell you what happened.
0: Well, but what, I, I happened? I'm sure it's happened before.
1: It, yeah, but each time, it's, it's, it's unique. Different. It's unique, yeah, exactly. I have no method because any method I have is prepared in advance and what doesn't relate to the real situation. But what about
0: people in the group? What do they say? Uh,
1: all kinds of different things. I, can't, I don't know until I get there.
0: No, I understand, but I mean, I don't what, have a me- what sort of things do you think would be helpful to say to someone in that scenario? I don't know. As opposed to unhelpful. I
1: just hope that in the situation that I would be adequately quiet in myself and right. addictly, non-ideologically myself, that I respond to the real person and how they're reacting.
0: Do you think it's possible to get through these big crises in life and come out the other side, you know, stronger? Absolutely. And, and how do we do that? It By might sound li- very naive, but you see people who fall apart. Any crisis,
1: this. it's easy to say, but any yeah. crisis is potentially also uh, Life-changing. A, a, less, a lesson. The question is, if we're quiet enough and aware enough to exploit it.
0: Exploit it in what way? Can you give me an example?
1: By helping ourselves to distinguish between reality and what we think.
0: So the man who comes to you, or the woman says, "My my partner's leaving me." You know, I'm I'm forty years old. I've got two young children. My partner says, "I don't love you anymore. I'm I'm leaving you, maybe for someone else," and I'm alone and I'm afraid and I'm scared and I don't know what to do next. You know. That, that, for me, is, is sometimes a bigger crisis for people than, than anything realizes because y- you, you talked about foundations, you know, but sometimes I think particularly with marriage, you know, we believe that that's the foundation of our life, you know, to raise our children within four walls, as somebody said, and when that all crumbles, it feels like nothing is left.
1: The problem with that was the assumption that it's the basis of your life. Right. Because marriage and relationships are also fluid and they change and they right. move.
0: But sometimes I think, especially when people marry young, maybe it's a generalization, they're they they they're not prepared for the, the practical problems that arise in daily life. No, and the you're fact not that, as you say, life is very uncertain. So you get married, there's no guarantees. No, That's you know truth. what they
1: say when a boy and girl get married, young boy and girl... The boy hopes that the girl will stay the same, and the girl hopes the boy will change, and they're both disappointed. And
0: it's the great irony of life, isn't it? So, how do... What I'm saying is, because I know we've got to wrap this up. How do we... You know, how do we get to a point in life where we accept? That, you know, we can't solve all of our problems. We have to get through the small irritations and the big crises as, as best we can. But how do we develop a state yeah. of mind where we well, don't tell fall to pieces, you they'll know, tell, when tell these tell things happen? Tell me yourself,
1: happen. as a logical, adult, uh, intelligent person, can you solve all possible problems in life?
0: If only.
1: Right. Once you realize that, that's okay. So then yeah. some problems are solved and some aren't. So when you can solve them, you solve them. When you can't, you can't. That's all.
0: And, and what about when we need a bit of outside help? Do we come to one of your sessions?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, not necessarily. It may help, but there are many resources in, in our society. You what,
0: know? what do you think are good resources, for instance?
1: Doctors, psychologists, plumbers. It depends mm. what you're trying to do. What,
0: f- <laughs> fix the shower. Yeah, yeah. Fix you know. the stomach. It's fix the practical. mind.
1: In, in they say, uh, a Zen student asks his teacher, what is all this Buddhism? He said, when you're hungry, you eat. And when you're tired, you sleep.
0: Knowing Reality, Finding Peace. Journalist Sarah Mann speaks with Jonathan Harrison, the non-dual Buddhist psychology and meditation teacher and author of the book, Ending Stress.